listening to The Chartographers. Chartographers, music loving podcast, music loving people, talking about albums, rank them, the thing we do. Guess what, guys? Uh, we're talking about Tom Petty, the truest American rock band guy of all time. So we are doing part two of our ranking journey where we talk about Tom Petty. First part, we had 16 albums. We got through Ooh. basically two thirds of them. Yeah, yeah. basically. And it's kind of amazing. I mean, because uh, they were. They were there's a, there's a lot of filler here. There's exactly. a lot of filler here where there's 190 wasn't, songs. Wasn't a, wasn't a ton we needed to say. Not all of them are gonna be accused of love. But here's the biggest thing. <sighs> Let me tell you something. We are now down to the top five albums. If you want to hear about the other rankings that we have, the other albums, please listen to part one because we're not going to be talking about them here. Uh, but it's a fun ranking. We had a great time. It was me, Evan Soddy, host. It was co-creator Taryn O'Reilly. It was special, wonderful, amazing mermaid guest, Nico Pashka. Uh, back here doing the thing is what we do. We are now down to five. I repeat, five. Tom Petty albums for five slots, number five through one. What are they? They are the debut album, 1976, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. There is 1979's Damn the Torpedoes. There is the first Tom Petty solo album, 1999's Full Moon Fever. There is the album right after that with the Heartbreakers, Into the Great White Open, 1991. And the second Tom Petty solo album, Wildflowers, from 1994. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> Getting real Harry Carey on this I shit. just, like, I watched you that during that whole break, and you were very calm and still, and how you have this much energy <laughs> is still, oh, wow. You know what, because wow. I have such enthusiasm for the episode and the podcast that we created and this is also the 40th artist that we've ever raised which is really crazy and awesome so yeah we're winding down the season three the season three's been a beast let me tell you it's been exciting so yeah and i'm excited that you're here and i'm so excited you're a part of it oh thank you but now you get to have that unenviable task we're down to five albums five slots number five Nico Pashka, special guest, wonderful person, Instagram. Yep, yeah. The Heart Queen. Uh, let us know. <laughs> they want so bad to plug something, and I've got nothing for them to plug. Yeah. I'm just like a genuine enthusiast. Oh, Tom, what do you what do? Would you nominate? So this this is hard because the the other albums for me uh, were the serial part, uh, and these are marshmallows, and so it's really trying to decide between lucky charms. The yes, the marshmallows. Uh, well, what gives you the hardest crunch out of all of I mean, these? we've already discussed how I feel about the first album. Um, and so I think that's definitely on the table for me. Taryn has his hands in jazz hands pose. I know. Yeah, I don't know if I can say. I think that's the only strong lead I have. I, I gotta be honest, yeah. I agree with you. Given what we've already buried, that has to be what's next. It's just, I, I there are... There's great shit on here. Again, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, if you want to hear all of our thoughts. Because <laughs> um, we're not going to say them again. Yeah. But it's um, got to be the debut album. Yeah. And the crazy thing for me is that American Girl was done as a lead single from it, and it debuted at number 40, literally number 40 on the top 40. And then after he gained a little bit of success, they re-released it, and it recharted in the U.S., Again at number forty, but I feel like we barely talked about breakdown. I feel like that is such like a distinctive change of pace. I love that it was on the debut album. It is hands down my favorite Tom Petty song. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's another reason why I'm like, 
uh, but it is. It's it, and it definitely. I didn't know it was on the first album. So a lot of these albums came out obviously before I was born, um, and so they were like sort of available. But I really, when I came into it, I just sort of followed along. So going backward, I was surprised that Breakdown was on the first album because it didn't sound like a first album uh, song to me. But it is. It is hands down my favorite uh, Tom Petty song of all. Of 192, yeah. right? I mean, right. But it's also just, especially on this album by itself, it's just so distinct. Kind of this nice little like keyboard comment, and then the guitar being so casual. Like it's just like they have such a great groove to it. And honestly, like some of my favorite Tom Petty songs are the ones where they just have an open groove. Like honestly, mm-hmm. that's the best thing about "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" too. Mm-hmm. Like too, when you have the keyboard. You know, like it has this nice little like mm-hmm. empty Where space. There's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's great. I wish they did it more. Well, and of. it's it's uh, it's late seventies um, production, so it's a very layered sound. Like mm-hmm. things have a very stereo sound. Things have a very intricate, uh, underproduced mm-hmm. but layered. So yeah, I right. Think... There's there's multiple guitar lines happening yeah. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're all sort of playing together. Like they're not you know recording it in a little room by themselves and sort of putting it all together. It's a uh, an ensemble effort, and it sounds like something you'd make in your garage with your friends when you're 19. <laughs> well, and I yeah. think it also, it also, I think, speaks to, first of all, just the overall sheer quality of Tom Petty as a songwriter, that he had this many great tracks on their first record. But also, I think, especially given how low we ranked You're Gonna Get It, the follow-up. Yeah. I've, I see this a lot in debut records where, you know, as we saw in the Behind the Music, he, you know, started writing songs when he was, like, 15. Mm. And by this time, he was, like, 26. Mm-hmm. So, like, he had a catalog of songs to pull from. And so he, you know, there are probably a couple of songs on here that are that were five or six years old at this point. And that's part of why this first album is so strong. And then he only had, you know, probably a year after touring to make You're Gonna Get It, so it just didn't quite have the same chops um, before, obviously, later he figured out how to do that more, and working with producers helped, but... And the last thing I want to touch on, and I feel like we mentioned it a little bit, but Tom Petty's strength as a songwriter, I think, is focused on more than his strength as an arranger, because the backing vocals, and then the way they come in on virtually every fucking song are amazing. Like, even, even fucking American Girl, okay... All right, take it easy now. Make it last all, make it last all night. You know, like those people like come in, like these little like moments that just pop up like here and there. I just I mean, fucking love it. Yeah, all across his discography, the backing vocals are part of the hook. They're mm-hmm. part of what, like that's part of what sticks in your head. Mm-hmm. The interplay. Yeah. So that said, we are in agreement. Number five is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Wow. I know. How do you feel? Nico? I'm okay. No, I'm still feeling really good. And so for me, when we're down to Dan the Torpedoes, Full Moon Fever, and the Great White Open and Wildflowers, I don't know about you, but for me, it's pretty obvious what has to be at number four. Personally. It's personally. obvious for me, too, but I think it's going to be a different answer. So I'm really, really? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> should, should, should we do a countdown and say no, it at the same time? No, I want time? you to just say it. All right. Number four, my nomination, Into the Great White Open. I knew you were going to say that. You knew I was going I to say that. Say that. Oh! Um, Boy. And I and I and I get why. <laughs> so but excited. <laughs> Into the Great Wide Open has like two of my favorite Tom Petty songs ever on it. Which are one of them is and this one honestly surprised me like 
yesterday. You know, obviously I'd been listening to it all week. And then when I was like, because I, at the end of every week, I do like a ranking. I rank all of the songs and just like order them. Just have and, an idea. Yeah. You know, and then it's also nice because when I want to go back and listen to that artist later, I all of my favorite songs are oh, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. All or Nothing. All that rocker. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, God. Incredible song. He he gives some of his, like, cleanest vocal. And I know I don't mean clean because he's growling here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just like, yeah, like a swampy blues scorcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it gets down deep into the soul of, like, everything I want from rock. Like... It's just absolutely incredible. I literally can't say enough good things about it. And then, you know, this also has like Out in the Cold, which very much feels like a Lindsey Buckingham, like start to finish, like go your own way. All of like, so this album to me has a Phoenix feel to it. Like it feels it, which is really weird because it comes uh, pretty close to Full Moon Fever, which is uh, the highest best selling album. It's an unbelievable album too. But and so it it feels funny to me that this um, Into the Great Wide Open has so much energy and expansion and grit and heart. It is an amazing album. I I'm so happy that it's so far up because I did worry that this was going to get knocked down earlier. But like learning to fly is so fucking simple. I think there are maybe four lyrics to that song like in total. And it just makes you feel so good. So whenever it comes on the radio nobody turns that song off. Nobody turns that song off. And it's one of those it just hits that like class. He and the thing is that the reason why him being in Traveling Wilburys I think was so significant because like for a Florida boy done good from Gainesville, like you're working with these rock legends at this point, but that's because you're putting out songs that sound classic, that sound like they're almost timeless. Like, yes, it's kind of an 80s production, but like I could hear this be covered like two different times over. So, like, he, yeah. so, so there's something I'm actually really curious about, and I didn't say anything in the first episode, okay. so I want to go back to it, which is you both led with... Tom Petty's a fucking asshole. And we never came back to that in the first episode. Well, I was kind of think some of it would come up in the Happy Hour Minute, so, so right re- after this. So that <laughs> Precursor. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, so it's hard for me to think of him as an asshole because of all the collaborations he did. Because he was basically fucking Bob Dylan's backup band for an entire tour and a half. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that just says, like, I'm a dude... I write pretty good songs, but I'm really into just, like, playing my music. So I I think of him as a a good collaborator. So I was dying to hear some of these stories where Tom Petty is an asshole. I think it was actually during the mixing of Southern uh, Southern Accents (laughs) when he got so fucking angry, he punched a wall. And he broke his hand. Broke his hand. And he had to go through, like, months of therapy. Actually, I think it was, like, almost a year. Yeah. Of therapy before he could, like, get back to the place where he could play guitar and tour. So yeah. that's the other thing, too, about Tom Petty that I love is that he doesn't immediately evoke, uh, let's say, like, really illicit drug use like some other 70s. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, like, Coke or heroin or, uh-huh. like, even though there were members of the Heartbreakers that obviously had problems um, with Stand. drug use. I think that, um, like, Tom Petty's drug use was so much more evident, like, early on, and so it's not surprising that he like is fucked up and punches a wall and doesn't know how to express his feelings. Um, But yeah, I could see that making him an asshole, but I I agree. I think the collaboration stuff really paid off in spades. uh, And by the time it got to a great wide open, there are some nice, 
<sighs> and it does. And here's the thing: like I do nominate here, I stand by that. I will say though, it closes with "Built to Last," which I think is just such a it's lovely, so nice. wonderful song. It's a yeah. it's a very classic template. Uh-huh. Like, but but he just does it right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's it's no frills. It's a fifties style ballad, but I just love it. Now before, and I do want to hear your nomination for number four, I want to talk about why I'm putting it here. Mm-hmm. Like, I get why someone would put Wildflowers here with this fucking 15 track bloat, what have you. But I will say though, is that while Full Moon, full moon Fever is direct and punchy and feels like a full-blown Petty Jefflin collaboration where they understood each other and it clicked and everything else like that, this is the continuation of that. So it sounds good. The entire album feels a little bit sheened over, a little bit. Because that's one of the things about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. What made them distinct is the fact that like, yeah, they wrote, you know, like poppy songs, but there was always a little bit of grit to them. A little bit of stuff. The stuff that, you know, Nico feels on Mojo. That little bit of... Mm. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is that, like, this kind of, like, polishes it just almost a little bit too fine. Like, the thing is, like, Full Moon Fever, uh, could, you could argue, is just a fucking pop album. Like, yeah, there's guitars on that, but it's basically him deciding to be a pop star and it working amazingly. And so for him to go back to the band and kind of do it, it feels like it's nice, but there's a sheen to it. And there's a little bit more, I would say that the songwriting is probably a little bit better, like a song for a song comparison on this versus, say, Wildflowers. But Wildflowers, the grit, and especially the highlights on there, too, are, like, also, like, arguably, you know, career highlights as well. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the top four albums at this point there. But that's just kind of like, that little sheen kind of distracts a little bit for me. That's kind of why I nominated it here at number four. But I want to hear what your nomination was. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I hear what you're saying about the difference between Into the Great Wide Open and Wildflowers. Those are the, I think... Can we agree those are the two that we're talking about yeah, here? Yeah, let's be real. Yeah. Let's lay our cards so, on the table. So for Wildflowers, it's it's funny that you, you talk about the grit because for me, the gritty songs are not my favorites on there. I, I You know, I really like You Wreck Me, which sort of yeah, has some... So sort good. of has some... It, it's, you know, it's a little rockabilly number, but it's not really grit. Yeah, you yeah. You know? So, uh, it's radio fair. A lot of those crossover country bands will say that Wildflowers is their favorite Tom Petty album, and I mm-hmm. hear it, which is so interesting then to hear you talk about Into the Great Wide Open being like the flop out after kind of, I would agree, a much more poppy album. But then I'm just... We have to admit that he just does a semi-decent job of all three of those styles, because those three albums all sold really well too Mm -hmm. but i agree i think that uh wildflowers is like a like a crossover like country rock album um and he starts to move away from like say damn the torpedoes sound and and the thing about like much like with southern accents on wildflowers he pulls out some moves he doesn't pull out like he does fucking finger picking on songs honeybee is like yeah down like an amazing amazing song and i think that's one of those songs that you write to be like I really want to play my guitar like this. Well, I really want to play my drums like this. All right, well, okay, we all have to have something, and it all ends up in Honey Bee. It's just, it's, it is, I think it's the dirtiest song on the whole It album. It is. It is definitely the grittiest song in there, and that's, that is the exception to me. The gritty number's the, on there. The Honey Bee is, is quite good, but it's also, I feel like, that's another moment where the song structure is better than the vocal melody that Tom wrote for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the riff and all of the the work that the band is doing. 
which also, it's not even the band on yeah. this one. It's 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 yeah. him and Rick Rubin. But the the instrumentation is what sells that for me. Whereas the the vocal melody is is pretty basic blues. I'm always surprised how much of a range this man has for not having a range. Like I don't feel like <laughs> yeah. he can go very far or do things with a lot of. I mean. It's got to be hard to like sing even just loud enough to be over an amazing guitarist, an amazing bass line, and drums that are always really great. Like, so I never feel like he has this huge range. And so I agree. I think that parts of Honeybee suffer for that reason. Um, and I'd also think that Honeybee doesn't sound anything like You Wreck Me. Right. Like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. How the hell are those songs on the same and album? It goes right into Don't Fade On Me. Why? Yes! And, like, that song does it for me. That really, really does. Really and weirdly enough, on this album, you don't know how I feel. I know it's the big fucking single off. It's That chorus kind of annoys me a little bit, though. It's pretty... Like, it's pretty... Uh, I appreciate the song, basic. but... Again, yeah, basic. And again, this, he speaks to this vein yeah, of like, universality of, like, you don't know how it feels to be me. Some guy at a fucking bar being like, yeah, damn right, you don't know how it feels to it, be me. It's just, like, It's a Dave band song. Right, exactly. And, like, I like the melody. I like everything else about it, but the sentiment on there is, like... It's like Will I Am. He's like, you know, fuck it. It's like just generic ass. That's, and that's, and that's I expect I, him to start naming days of the week later on in the song. This this song is so good, or this album is so good, but there is there is a layer of genericism that for me I don't get off of the other three that we have left. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like ELO, so I enjoy the Jeff Lynn, <laughs> the Jeff Lynn <laughs> touches exactly. that are on Full Moon Fever and Into yeah. the Great Wide Open. And make no and mistake, so, yeah. Yeah, Wildflower just, there's, but like, the site, the the self or the title track of Wildflower for me is again. It's like it's a melody that's been done a bunch, and there's a couple of those songs on here. Mm-hmm. It's there are some great songs on Wildflower, but it is very bloated. It's the longest of the albums that we have left, and there's just like, do, can you tell me what Cabin Down Below so- sounds like? Or yeah, how about how about the fact that there is Cabin Down Below and House in the Woods on the same album? Okay, but what do you like about the album? I really love Crawling Back to You. Yes. I lo- I you know it's I was so surprised by that this week. Little, yeah. Yeah, and to find a friend is pretty nice. Higher Place has a nice uplift. Like, oh, yeah. oh, I can't yeah. believe I forgot that. Higher Place yeah. surprised the shit out of me. Yeah. That but again, Higher Place to me doesn't sound like Tom Petty for some reason. Yeah, I can't yeah. even place it. Uh, and be in a higher place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Find somebody to take it better than I like it a lot, but it, it's 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 a weird pose for yeah. him to cop because it's it's very, it's so like and spiritual. It's, so fat, it's like but, post-India right. George Harrison kind of. Oh, look. yeah, But yeah, that's yeah. the thing, too, is that, like, well, Into the Great White Open is expansive and poppy and full band. The thing about it's so interesting about Wildflowers is that he does strip it down, but he's still just the same fucking strum and, strum and rock pop guy at the same time. And yet, even then, because it's stripped down, it still feels like a different pose. It feels stronger as a pose than fucking Highway Companion, which really does feel like it's kind of copying a lot of the moves of Wildflowers. Yeah. And, like, and so that's the thing, like, I keep going back to it, like, even something that's good to be king which is like an above average fucking petty song it still sounds great to me and so like one of the things like for me between these two albums i feel like we're in discussions of three and four go ahead it's good to be king is another one where i'm like this production's so good 
they produce this like a big Beatles opus, but the melody doesn't live up to it. The mm-hmm. melody is very basic. It's it's a melody that has been done before, especially because this is mid nineties by this point. Mm-hmm. So like the whole like rock and roll has been established and I mean, I think part of the reason it's not selling as well anymore is because there's only so many poses you can cop and still call it rock and roll. And I think that this this album suffers from that a few times. I love the da 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 and then the chorus that comes out of that, but the verses are just so basic. I disagree. It's just like, I just, there's some, I mean, it's not the fact that it's even rootsy. It's more the fact I feel like I'm seeing a different side of him as well. It feels like there is a maturation to it that is even more than that beyond what's into the Great White Open. You have a strong opinion, I have a strong opinion, but Nico Pashka is known for her strong mm-hmm. opinions. I want to see what she's got to say about the whole kerfuffle. Yeah, I don't know. I think for three and four, I think, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Actually, I think I flipped. I think I really went into this thinking that uh, Into the Great Wide Open was going to be four. Uh, she's looking at the Yeah, track it's hard. Right no, there. it's really hard. Like, the biggest thing, like, they're, like, roughly about even. Mm-hmm. The biggest, like, for me, the biggest attraction of the Great Wide Open is that there's a little bit of a sameness to the sound. My biggest attraction for Wildflowers is that there's just too many songs and you yeah. can edit. Yeah, yeah. like, those are, like, my kind of my biggest, like, feels towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think Into the Great Wide Open actually edges Wildflowers out for yeah. me a little bit. Cause it's I feel more, like if it Wildflowers... Like it's more rock and roll. I feel like if Wildflowers was ten songs, it would have been, like, yes. easily the number yeah, three, you know, yeah. Three or possibly Listen, even two. there yeah. There are a significant number of songs on Wildflowers that is just beautiful, but I'm not a country rock crossover girl. I like the more kind of punk rock aspect, so... Well, Sorry, Wildflowers. It's, 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 hey, listen, it, the Wildflowers is sitting pretty comfy here in its number yeah. four I'm slot, still going to so put like it on when yeah. I need to make out with somebody. It's yeah. another one of those full mm. album, like... It's a nice little high school makeup you know, in the back of my Coupeville. You know about Tom Petty, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of knowing about Tom Petty, guys, we are down to the Battle of the Titans! <laughs> number one, number two, Damn the Torpedoes versus Full Moon Fever. I don't want to hear anyone's rankings. I just want to talk about the album's chronological order. I want to talk about Dan the Torpedoes first. Let's just do it. Because Dan the Torpedoes, it really does feel like, especially especially after you're going to get it, feels like the revamp that he needed. And I feel like because he was dealing with all this record label bullshit at the time, too, like he had time to work on these songs and tinker them because he couldn't release them for a while. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's just like this little bit of anger on here. There's a lot of different ways you can interpret Refugee, but damn, is Refugee a fucking great-ass song, you know? It's so good. I think the first three songs on that album are just just knockouts. Like, here comes my good. Like, it's so good. I love the... I love the, the, the tinkering, the fluttering. Yeah, on the guitar. There. Um, and even the losers, obviously, so iconic. It's so singable. It's so singable. It's so much fun. It's the, you know, Tom Petty is not the. He didn't. He didn't. He's not cock rock, right? Like he's not like shirtless. He's cock rock poses, but he's not like. But po- he's cock rock never songwriter. like yeah. shirtless. Yeah. He's never got his. Dick, well, there's a couple of parts where his jeans were really tight, but I just feel like they were all doing in the 70s. But he's just, he wasn't, you know, to me, he is a lovable loser. Like, he is this sort of kicked around guy. And so to have this song come out, like, they do get lucky sometimes. They do, Tom. This is so great. Congratulations. You're the king. Right. But it's also like, like, you know, even the losers get lucky sometimes is so much better than fucking you don't know what it's like to be me. Like, it's just, I feel like, like, he really discovered Mm -hmm. what it takes to be the kind of universal anthem songwriter that he is. 
And while we talk about, I feel like these are two albums that can easily be defined by their singles. These both have great fucking album tracks, too. Yes, yes. Don't you wanna live in Century City? You know, like, it's just like, there's this vibrance. That one's yeah. a little Bowie to me. Which yes, is fine. Right. And well, I yeah, love it. Because it's a little cocaine Like, well, it's a right. little LA. <laughs> that's it's a actually little... this album. Yes, little no, cocaine Yeah, for which, sure. Which, yeah. you know, that's what the sound of 1979 was. Oh, so. but the fu- every fucking time, I want to hate it. That fucking little doodly-doo riff after the chorus of Don't Do Me Like... Don't do me like that. <laughs> don't do me like that. <laughs> like, every Very goddamn weird. time. It's perfect. It's earworm food. I mean, that's I, the best Tom Petty song. But I actually <gasps> hate Wait, it. Wait, whoa, whoa. That's the best Tom Petty that's song. That's my favorite Tom Petty song. That's crazy. Go ahead, Nico. What? Wait, no. I Don't what? do, don't me, like do me like that. Is your favorite one? It's my one? favorite Tom Petty song. Which, you know... Oh, wow. It's also the one I've probably known the longest. Okay. Yeah. But it just, like... And it surprised me, too, because, frankly, I was expecting my favorite Tom Petty song to have a guitar solo in it. But it's not the number. case here. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, like, a perfect little pop moment, which is what I live for. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a... I, I think it's definitely, again, a little more punk rock, a little more gritty. It is after that whole album debacle with the record company and declaring bankruptcy. It is a huge middle finger. It's another one of the fast albums. Like, it goes by yes. really, yeah. really fast. Um, but it's also, like, you don't take a breath, even listening to it. Like, I don't know how he plays these songs live. Because, like, you play Refugee into anything. Mm-hmm. What? Don't right, how are you not gasping for air? Yeah. It's just, it's so good. And, and even, on- even like, personally, I think my least favorite song on here is Louisiana Rain. Yes. And I still really like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, it has a very memorable chorus. That's the thing is, like, the reason this album is so high is that even the songs where I'm not like, this is my favorite... I look at the song title and I can instantly hear not just the chorus, but like the verses and yes. the solo. Yep. And yeah. It like they it's this this album is so immediate. It just yeah. sticks with you. Can we talk about his breakup songs and how weird they are? Because like for me, like a Tom Petty breakup song is always like why are you crazy? Those That's kind of like the basis of it because it kind of happened. I mean, it's a cover of Lucinda Williams, but he very specifically chose Change the Locks. I changed the locks on my front door so you won't come around no more and change the name of the town. And then you have What You're Doing in My Life, which is like, girl, what are you doing? I am like living in the city right now and you keep coming around. What is your problem? Like, it's just so interesting that like his breakup songs are always You're the Crazy One. and Sketchy like, Girls, kinda, yeah. Right, which is just like such I mean, a fascinating you know, Are you yeah. surprised? that he likes sketchy girls look at him <laughs> right yeah. well and i mean he didn't make kid like a lot of like kids like he has a couple of kids or deceased right but he, you know it just yeah no it he has there's a lot of sketchy girls yeah. and it's a different sketchy girl than the american girl it's a yes, different there's absolutely. different characters yeah. that go through and then ironically i think the american girl is tom himself but you know how about the girl on free Fallen? From Full Moon Fever. <sighs> she loves Jesus. She does love Jesus. And her boyfriend, too. And horses. That song is just... <laughs> That's always the weirdest line to me. I mean, like, it that makes sense, right? No. Yeah. I mean, you didn't live in rural Wisconsin. <laughs> Saying she loves horses... That's a very specific that's kind a, of girl. Mm-hmm. That paints a very clear picture for who this is, for me. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, Free Fallen is tough. I think it, um, so I was born in 83, so by 89, I am of, like, radio listening age. And let mm -hmm. me tell you, if there was a Tom Petty song that ever got overplayed, it was Free Falling. I mean, and I think, uh, yeah, Free yeah. Falling is yeah. still... Well, John Mayer then has to ruin it for me every time I see him, too. Like, it, everybody wants to play their version of Free Falling, too. But it's so. Tom Petty. Yeah. But it is. No, and it's iconic. Like, I'm not going to turn it off. It's yeah. also one of his best vocal takes. Oh, absolutely. No, because I was constantly surprised this week at how how different he can sound from song to song because you know i feel like people do if they're doing like a stereotypical tom petty impression they go you to that, so that right, nasal yes. place right the that bob sort dylan. of like yeah. That, yeah, yeah that bob dylan inspired place Flash but then there are a bunch Tony of times so across <laughs> his full there are a bunch of times across his whole discography where on a random song you'll be like this this vocal is so clear and pure and like beautiful and like this is pop star tom petty and that's what not just free fallen but this whole record is pop star tom petty and it's, and he had struck this pose earlier but i you know and evan and i were discussing earlier in the week like did it matter that he had solo albums because they still very much sound like tom petty but i think especially for full moon fever and wildflowers there are very important moments that I don't think he would have had the freedom to find whilst trying to stick Work to, like, there has others, to be yeah. a guitar, bass, and drums on every song. Yeah. You know? And that's, and I think Free Falling is one of those, like, bringing in that whole second movement with the the chant, Free Falling, and then the, oh, oh, oh. Right. Like, and honestly, that's part even, of why that song is so prevalent is because there are four different hooks happening. Yeah. But then again, we also watched his Super Bowl halftime this week as well. Yeah. And it was so fascinating. It opens with American Girl and then goes to the three songs off of Full Moon Fever, too. Like for really? him and the yep. Heartbreakers. What so does he, he play? Free Fallen, I Won't Back Down, and Running Down a Dream. Oh, like, which is just like, it makes sense, but I'm just kind of like, for such a catalog, it's just like a single off the first record and the Full Moon Fever hits. You know, like. I just which, think it's two very different types of confident Tom Petty 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. Like, I really feel like the Damn the Torpedoes is like a younger punk rock fuck you this is what i right. sound like yeah i'm in your face and then full moon fever is a different like, it's him playing the more game yes but him yeah. having fun with it yeah. too well and I, I, I he strikes so many poses on full moon fever too and he pulls every single one of them off like facing the crowd to me is almost like a post genesis like that sort of like it's not quite police stalker song uh, every breath you take. Right. But there's, there's like elements of that there. You know, you can tell it's the end of the 80s and there's that like sort of darkness to it. a lot of it. police songs that are a little bit About like, a little stalkery. Uh, don't pull yeah. me over. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, don't stand. But like, I really like feel a whole lot better. Yes, Again, yes. very much feels like peak McCartney Beatles. Uh, um, for me... The apartment song really got to me this mm -hmm. week, you know, like like that thing of just like feeling isolated, feeling by yourself, feeling kind of lost there. I'm just like, but it's such a poppy, strummy little melody, right? Exactly, yeah. And I'm like, I dug that. And then, as Taryn pointed it out, and we had a great debate about it. Fucking zombie zoo, fucking motherfucking zombie zoo, closing this bitch out. Like, it is such a great ELO song. <laughs> <laughs> is a really amazing ELO song. Hi, Jeff Lynn. We see you. Yeah. It's sung by Tom Petty, but that is fucking 
peak and it's 1979 I, disco electric light. I've had guy. that in my head this week, and I'm like, it's fucking zombies. But that, <laughs> on those on those synths, it's yeah. so it's so like immediately joyful. It, yeah. It's like the dear Jesse of Tom Petty's career. <laughs> yeah, like like this is this is a song for children, and it's so much better than it deserves to be. Right, um, and that's. Yeah, this whole album. I mean, like, you're so bad. You're Again, so bad. This... Is it doesn't have as much of a right, I think, to be as good as it is. Mm-hmm. And it's another one exactly. that I'm not sure it fits, but it does. Like, you don't. Like, if you hear it by yourself, I you I couldn't tell you what album it's yeah. supposed to be on, but right. it fits so well there. And I running down a dream, and I won't back down. It's just like those it, are the quintessential Tom Petty rock anthem venue song. Yeah. Right. Period. If if you if I had not been an asshole and I had actually gone to a Tom Petty show and we were getting to the end of the motherfucking show and he hasn't played I won't back down, I'm like charging the stage. Like there's something right. wrong in the world. Like these are the this is the catalog. I this think is, is the I won't back down. Incredible classic song. My like seventh favorite song on right because the lyrics are so generic, but yes, he yes, sells yes. them. Oh, he just yeah, makes yeah. it feel like everything. Yeah, I will also say again. We're talking about these still hairs. kind of well. No, I mean I I always love harmony vocals. I was surprised how much "Love Is a Long Road" was doing it for me this week. Just all of those, the like the soaring chords of backing vocals, like on the chorus where he's doing the main melody. I was so into it. Honestly, my least favorite song in here is probably A Mind with a Heart of Its Own. It's fine. It's all right. Yeah, well, it's also it's also a a template that he's used other places better. Right. Exactly. You know, he has a couple of those yeah. that it's the same chord structure, same basic kind of melody area yeah um and he like reuses it a couple times he has like eight or nine templates that don't show up on every album but they they pop up and that's definitely one of them so the real question does anyone else have anything they want to talk about on the album specifics no no i think we're just gonna because guys i gotta i just gonna tell you right now when i came out on my first listen i'm like how are we gonna do this episode and full moon fever isn't number one that was my feeling. I couldn't believe yeah. it was so fucking strong it's out so the clear. gate. And the thing is, again, I think there might be some purists that might be like, well, that's pop Tom Petty. It's not rock Tom Petty. But except no, fuck you. Because that's the same Tom Petty that because we've always known. Because all Tom known. Petty is pop Tom Petty. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that there's a little bit of a grittier guitar in front of it there. You well, might think... It's literally 1950s, 60s rock and roll, period. Mm-hmm. From the Beatles to the Rolling Stones, whether you put more blues in, more swampy shit, a little pop, a little country. Right. Like, it's, it's still the, the root for these dudes playing the rock and roll. And you might period. get sick of fucking uh, Free Fallen because it's been overplayed on the radio because it's such a basic-ass song structure. But guess what? Tom Petty got to that shit first. He copyrighted that shit, so he can lay claim to that. And also... Fuck you, Sam Smith. You absolutely stole your goddamn thing. You know, and I could believe that they did it accidentally, uh-huh. but they, it's, especially listening to it again this week, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's exactly the same. That's it. That's the same. That's yeah. the melody. Yeah, Sam Smith, you did it. All right, guys. We gotta do it. I mean, it's one of the things I, I, I can't believe I ever had a number one this crystal fucking no, clear. and I'm so head. excited again. I, I really think that if you had taken the solo albums out, obviously... Um, and transparently, I still would have been satisfied. I do think Damn the Torpedoes is just an incredible Absolutely. album. But when you put in something like Full Moon Fever, it's... It's on a different right. echelon. And the thing is that, like, you... 
I went into this week. Damn the Torpedoes has always just been me being like a music critic. Damn the Torpedoes has just always been there. For some reason, Full Moon Fever, even though it was his best selling, it was never held in the same regard of like great classic albums to that degree. Like, you know, it was a popular album, certainly. Well, I think that, I think that part of that is that like Rolling Stone bias of yeah. like, well, it's this classic rocker going pop, so we're not going to give it the same, the same respect. Creep. Yeah, even though it was nominated for Album of the Year, the Grammys, and all that other shit like that. So I was kind of surprised by it, but it's just like, it has to be Full Moon Fever. So guys, number ah. five, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Number four, Wildflowers. Number three, End of the Great Wide Open. Number two, Dan the Torpedoes. And the number one Tom Petty album is Traveling Wilburys Volume 3, as you know. So, guys, <laughs> we're so excited about it. It's Full Moon Fever. So, guys, listen. We talked a lot about these wonderful albums. We got a little bit more to go, and we won't back down, because we still have to talk about his other fucking bands, his random other fucking singles, him being an asshole, because apparently these stories are all new to Nico, so we're happy to talk about them. Happy to hear that. And we are going to talk about them in the meantime. Before we get to that, Nico... Thank you again. Oh for my being god, no, I'm so happy. It's the 40th um, episode you guys have done. It's the most albums you've ever done. It's a it's an honor, I think, to. And it's one of the best guests we've I ever mean, had. I mean, aww. I mean, come on. When the only other one I've done is Fallout Boy, I think it's a big <laughs> surprise to people, right? To anybody who knows anything about me, that Tom Petty is up there. But he is again a disciple for me. He's a three wise man in my spirituality music. This is a pleasure. You guys are the best. Aww. Yeah. Well, if you agree with Nico, do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. If you also want to like us on Facebook, that's cool. If you want to email us some hate mail, thechartographers at gmail.com, that's totally fine. You can be like, ah, you're going to get it as the best album. We're going to be like, ha ha ha, blocks. But, you know, it's going to be a whole thing. In the meantime, though, uh, keep on listening because you know that will be. Leave us your right. We'd love to see it happen to one guy. Welcome to the Review Universe promo! The Review Universe with Chris and Steve is a podcast about two men who are hired to review everything in the universe. We're stuck in a tiny room together filled with pneumatic tubes while two shadowy figures dictate what we have to review next. Anything from pizza to pop stars to the entire state of Wisconsin. A new episode every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. We give this promo a 100 out of 100. 100. <laughs>